Hey NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe here without John Cooper today. He is uh, looking after his kids, so I will be going solo for the first uh, live, not live show of the 2019-2020 offseason. I have with me the coach of the Ottawa Spirit, Mike Nesbitt. Mike, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, so, um, you know, y'all are uh, uh, coming up on your third season um, as a football team, um, and, and y'all have it a little bit uh, odd, maybe, in terms of the NAIA, in that you have a sister college out in Kansas in which you share curriculum with. What's that, what's that relationship like with uh, the Ottawa Braves? Well, I think it's, you know, one, it's, a, and it's an exciting one, you know, because really our campus, a lot of people don't realize, but our campus is out here in Phoenix. We've been out here in the Phoenix, Arizona area for over 50 years. And so, uh, you know, they've been working out here. We have, you know, a large alumni base out here actually in Arizona and across the state. And so we've got quite a few people out here. And so it's, it's a pretty good deal with who we've got around us and the whole deal. Uh, you know, where we're at. And so I think the connection with the, the Ottawa campus in Kansas and our home campus and then the one here, you know, I think it's a really, really good working relationship because of, you know, just the familiarity of the name and of the brand. And then all we did was add athletics to it, which really, you know, it just increased the, the speed of how our campus has been growing and, and what's been going on over here on this campus. Yeah, definitely. That's that's one thing we see about um, programs that have risen quickly. Um, Y'all, Kaiser, um, stuff that we expect from from Lawrence Tech and and uh, Indiana Wesleyan is is that once they declare we're going to have a football program, they do it up right. Everything looks spick and span, and really have it all together uh, from the from the graphics side. Um, now, one thing that that I find interesting, we've we've interviewed a few coaches here, and I've and I've interviewed uh, a lot of linebackers, a lot of uh, a lot of former quarterbacks, but I think this is the first time that we've interviewed a coach who uh, made his way in collegiate football as a punter. So, uh, so I'm the original. I'm the original one in that group, huh? Yeah, you're the you're the first you're the first punter uh, that that I think we've <laughs> we've talked to, um, and that's that's you know it's and it's it's always interesting to see the background of the coaches that we that we talk to, whether they're they're offensive or defensive, and I'm like sitting here going, all right, so which side does the punter tend to? But it looks like you you're yeah. more offensive. Well, yeah, you know, I just kind of gravitated to it when. Uh, you know, when I first started coaching, I ended up being on the offensive side of the ball. But when I was a player and I was punting in college in the NFL, I spent a lot of time with different offensive staffs. And, you know, our, our position coaches were always offensive coaches. And so you were kind of always in that deal where that was kind of the room you were always hanging out with, I guess, you know, which kind of lets you roam into that room and, and to get you going. Definitely. And and so talking about offense, um, you know your your quarterback 
And um, in your offense, it, it really does all start with the quarterback. Talk a little bit about Austin McCullough and what he means to uh, your football team. Well, you know, Austin one is he's just a fantastic kid. You know, he's been around our program since day one. He's one of our original signees, you know, that we brought in that first year when we registered everybody the first season we first got here and got everybody going. And so it's it's an exciting time, you know, for him. It's just watching his growth over the last three years. And it's crazy that now, you know, he'll be entering his, his third spring and starting his fourth season with us. And, uh, um, and, and everybody knows that coaches, footballers, around football, a lot the, the growth happens over time with those guys being in the building and being in the same film room and the same system with the same coaches and speaking the same language over and over, you know, that's, that's where you really immerse yourself in it and get better. And that's, that's, what's fun to see is his growth. And he's just such a good kid. You know, he has, you know, great characteristics and stands for the right things and carries himself the right way around our program. And so it's a lot of fun to have him in the building. One thing that is going to be um, a question mark for you is you, uh, go into spring ball here in a few months is going to be the running back position uh, for you. Uh, you had two graduates, if if I read the roster correctly, um, including Chris Ewens, who went for 1,100 all-purpose yards for you. Uh, how do you go about replacing um, uh, such an all-around player? Well, the the, the the guy, the kind of the good thing or the misfortunate, however you want to look at it, was, you know, we ended up during the season we had two of our, our starting tailbacks actually got hurt during the season, you know, and so we were uh, we were playing, you know, with Josh Vizcaya, which actually, you know, we've been really fortunate and blessed since we've been here. Our, our tailbacks, we've been four deep at tailback since we've been here, and you know, Chris actually had played some tailback and played some A-back and fullback for us and, and had great feet and the whole deal. And so we were really lucky that, you know, that we had a good team player that had stuck around but was a phenomenal athlete. And then when Josh Vizcaya got hurt towards the end of the season, you know, Chris ended up picking up some time. But we're going to end up with Marcellus Riley coming back and Shamar Moreland is completely healthy. And both of those guys had good surgeries during the season and had good rehab over Christmas break. And so we're looking to having those guys back a little bit during spring ball, but 100% by the time we start up in June and July again. And so uh, that's where the initials point starts is we'll have those guys really kicking it off and getting after it right away. So I, I, I have to ask, and, and I know it's probably still, still a little fresh for you, um, but you, know, the, um, you get to the playoffs in your second year, which is, which is fantastic. Um, then you make that trip up to Idaho, and you have four turnovers, and the uh, in College of Idaho lights up the scoreboard. Um, how do you turn that into a learning experience for your program? Well, I think first off, you know, it, it was you know one the, the experience of extending the season. You know, back to back years we're in postseason play. And so that, you know, whenever you get a coach and keep playing past Thanksgiving and into Thanksgiving break, that's that makes the season long for your kids, your coaches and support staff and everybody in the program. So you've got to you've got to train people that that's the norm, you know, that you're expected to play into December and 
and stuff, you know, where it's it's a long season. And I think once you learn that and you really start doing it, that, that changes it. You know, that gets everybody excited about it. So that's the first step, you know, learning to, to travel and, and play in a one-and-done situation. And, and, you know, I think you go back and you look at the game and the whole deal and, and you know, we were playing really good football up to about two minutes left in the in the second quarter, right there before half, and we mishandle a punt return and we turn a we turn a five point lead, you know, with an opportunity for us to get the ball and go down and maybe score and take the lead before half. Instead, we're down twenty some at half with two turnovers and nineteen points. You know, we're looking at a nineteen point deficit instead of being up by some. So. I think all that comes into play with the youth of a football team and a brand new football program. All that grows, and and there's if you really look at everything, it's it's not the a lot of times it's not the situation or the penalty or whatever happened. It's how you deal with it, and I think that's something that we've done a good job as a coach and staff and as a players is learning how to deal with adversity and looking at things that might not actually go your way and. And, and learn how to handle it. And I think that's what happens when you build a program from the ground up is you learn how to handle not having anything. And so you learn how to fight through that adversity and, and overlook some things that, you know, people that might have been around for 100 years see something and it's devastating. You know, it's mass chaos and disaster. And some of it, we just look at it and be like, well, that, that happened. And, okay, what can we do different? And how do we learn? And how do we improve? And, and then grow from it. And I think that's the, that's the fun part about what we get to do on a daily basis coaching college football is, is there's always there's, – there's learning even when you win big. You know, we've won some games big here over the last couple seasons that we've learned how to handle certain situations because of that, you know, and I think that's – it all comes into play. You can learn from every moment if you really look at it. So that kind of leads into my next question is you, you look at a team – like we'll we'll say Morningside because they're the they're the easiest example right now, and um, you look at them lo- uh, losing um, a NAI generational talent at quarterback and at wide receiver both, and then coming back and winning the national championship the next year. How do you build a culture that sustains success? But I, you know, I, I think part of it is you've got you've got to enjoy it. You know, you've got to enjoy the success and enjoy the fruit of the labor that, you know, you've worked hard to get to it and, and the building of it. But I bet the coaches at Morningside would say the same thing. It's, it's the ability to start back at zero every year. And, you know, we, you know, every coach you hear them all, you know, you get a 24-hour rule after the game and, you know, win or lose, and then you're going to show up Sunday and, you're going to start rebuilding the team and the program to get ready for the next opponent and the whole deal. Um, but I think teams, I really believe it. I think coaches and players and teams that are super successful, ultra successful like this, is they always look at it. It's it's all back. They, they can start back at zero, that every team is a fresh team. And here in, in a week, we're going to have a brand-new team for 2020 show up. And we talked about that. The Monday morning right after we got back from Idaho, you know, talked through some stats and the team and successes and this and that. And we closed the book on 2019 that day, and the, the seniors walked out and turned in their equipment, and the rest of the group sat there and we started talking about 2020 before they even broke for Christmas break. And I think that's where 
I guarantee those guys at Morningside, they've, they've enjoyed it, and they have those national championship trophies and the 29-game winning streak sitting there in their offices. But there's not more important games or what they have ahead of them than this recruiting class that they're trying to sign in the next four weeks. And it, it's that trickle-down theory from the head coaches to the assistants of, hey, we, we can always draw on the – the struggle or the turmoil of the season and, and what we've done in the past, you know, when we get into certain moments with the team or the season and different difficulties you're going to have, but that's just stuff to draw on at, at that next point. You've still got to go through the job of the next year and you're going to have injuries and you're going to have new players and you're going to have guys that don't come back or guys that come back in better shape and chemistry. Every team has different chemistry. And so I think that all boils into what you're looking for as, as a coach. And I think that's probably why we all coach is, is every year is different, right? you got to embrace that struggle of every season because every season is brand new. And so uh, that's what makes it fun, makes it challenging. And I think the teams that are up and down, that go high and then go low, a lot of times I, I would venture to say that they hang on to the past successes longer than what they should and maybe sometimes they hang on to those past failures longer than they should and it's it's the constant emotional deal instead of just being enthusiastic about the goods and the bads of the job ahead you touched a little bit on on recruiting there i'll i'll pivot that way a little bit um right now in in the current iteration of the nai um you and Arizona Christian pretty well have the Southwest all to yourself, um, including California. Um, talk talk about kind of um, uh, some of your your methodology in um, you know getting some some recruits into Arizona and getting them to play in the desert. Well, I, I, I really, you know, I guess speak for Jeff and those guys at across town, but I bet you they say the same thing. The only thing we we have locked down is the geographic location, you know, that we can see our guys and their recruits and their families a little bit more than maybe a school in, in Kansas, you know, that Baker or Morningside and different people can do or Kansas Wesleyan. But those guys are still coming to town. You know, they're still coming out here and they're still recruiting the area. And, you know, there's a bunch in town today. We were on the road all day today, and there's a bunch of guys out around town today, and and we'll see them the next two weeks, you know, and, and before they got to go home and start doing visits. And, and so um, our advantage is just proximity. You know, we're four hours to San Diego, five hours to the beach. You know, we can be in San Diego, Southern California, uh, the Inland Empire in two or three hours, where those other guys across the country, they've got to fly in to see them. And, and so we can use that to our advantage. But in location, you know, like they say in everything, location is key. Uh, but if you don't, you don't hustle and you don't put a good product on the field or in your brand new buildings and your dorms and your education system, um, those other schools that have been playing good football with good universities can always come back in and make a move into your territory pretty quick if you're not careful. And so um, we've got to look at our location and our area as a, as a you know, a, a great strategic advantage. But if you rest on your laurels and you don't go out and work with those kids and you don't build a relationship with their parents and the and your faculty and your administration aren't doing a good job with your program, that that, that location doesn't help you. 
you know, and so um, I think that's what we've done a good job is from the top down and our chancellor and our president and everybody in our buildings uh, have done a good job of being welcoming and, and, and showing a, the product that we have and how good the product really is, even though it's still an infant, done a good job of really pushing it and selling it. So last year, um, I, I noticed that y'all did a really uh, great job balancing, um, you know, your out of conference games. Uh, you had two there to start the season. You went to a GPAC team in Doan, and then you welcomed in a D2 Western New Mexico team that um, honestly wasn't isn't a, a, a real power in in D2 anyway. Uh, when when you're scheduling these these out of conference games, um, what are you what are you looking for? How do you balance? Um, out of conference, plus maybe a game that's that's a little more tune-up like. Well, I, I think you know when you look at it, your out of conference schedule really you want to set yourself up for the back end of your schedule. If you really think you're a playoff program and you think you get an opportunity to play for a national championship, your your front end should lead to you someplace down the back end. Now you don't want to beat yourself up to a point that. You know, you can't win your conference games and some things like that. But, uh, you know, we, we wanted to play down. We wanted to get outside. We wanted to travel to another region. We wanted to show show off our kids and our team and, and who we are and our program a little bit and let other people across the country that might not see us, you know. And also I looked at it, too, in, in a deal of, you know, and, and you know, was, I was hoping we might be the first one, but we're still a, a conference that hasn't won a playoff game. And so everybody out there across the league, they know that, right? And, and across the, the nation and in the AI football, they know our conference hasn't won a playoff game. And so we've got to play teams outside our league and and go out there and be successful against those teams to to show that we can do it, you know, and, and to get our name out there and play well and show our brand of football and get it on tape. And the Western New Mexico game worked for us really well because geographically they recruit our area. They recruit Phoenix. They recruit Tucson. So we're going to be recruiting the same players. And so we wanted to play somebody like those guys there because we're going to see them across the recruiting trail. And so that's that's where that game came into being a, a big game for us. Um, it's just like this coming season. We're going to open up at home. We're going to play Doan week one. And then week two, Morningside's going to come to town here. We're going to play Morningside week two. Ooh. And so and so we'll play Morningside week two. And then going into week three, we have an open date before we start our conference schedule. And so we play two really good, successful football teams with winning records coming in. And then we start our conference play. And then hopefully that just propels us you know, to, to have a good season again. But you also want a good opponent at the beginning of the season, too, so your kids know, hey, we're we're working in, in May, June, July, spring ball. We're, we're working for something out there. Um, you know, I, I don't have to get our guys excited. If our guys aren't excited for our up-and-coming season, when they see that schedule come out and see who we're going to play week one and week two at home, uh, hopefully in front of another sellout crowd like we did last year, they're, they're probably playing the wrong sport. You know, they're in the wrong football program. And so it's all, I think all that stuff goes hand in hand, but then you do have to look at it with some kid gloves at times and go, all right, am I beating our team up? You know, am I setting my team up to, to be successful? Or are we setting them up to get kind of beat up and, and, and pushed around a little bit to a situation? And so, um, 
you know, and I think you want to also schedule games too that help you recruit. Good players want to go someplace where they're going to play good people, and I think that 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 always helps when you play a good schedule. Is that a um, is that a one off with Morningside or is that a home and home? No, we'll do home and home. Oh man, that's going to be fun for y'all. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, and we're and we're really trying. You know, I haven't visited with the coaches at Doan yet. I'll see them at the end of this week again, but. You know, we'd like to set something up with that league and, and don't again where we keep this this game going for a while because it's a good game for both schools and and we recruit the same areas and the same kids and it, it helps us, you know, because don't had several guys on their roster that are Arizona kids. And so, um, you know, I think we need to play the guys like that. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time and um, we definitely look forward to seeing uh, what the spirit do come twenty twenty? We'll definitely be watching those uh, those late games. Hey, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Anytime, we'd love to be back. Absolutely, thanks, Coach. Hey, take care. Have a good day.